all-inclusive vacations make life easy with endless eats, bottomless drinks, and never-ending fun. So booking an all-inclusive vacation should be easy too, right? That's where Apple Vacations comes in. Book your all-inclusive getaway with Apple Vacations and receive exclusive perks at select resorts. You'll find the best deals at Ryu Hotels and Resorts in Mexico, the Caribbean, and Central America. And enjoy a selection of exclusive non-stop vacation flights. Turn on easy mode at applevacations.com or call your local travel advisor to get started. Visit applevacations.com or call your local travel advisor to get started. Hi, it's Gabby Reese, and this podcast is powered by Laird Superfood. It was created in our kitchen by my husband, big wave surfer Laird Hamilton, and it all started with a simple idea. What began as Laird's secret for long-lasting energy on the waves is now Laird Superfood, offering a full range of delicious plant-based creamers, coffee, greens, and more. Visit LairdSuperfood.com and use the code GABBY2024 and save 20% on your first order. Welcome into the lounge presented by DraftKings. We are fresh out of the press conference held by John Harbaugh and Eric DaCosta. We're here to break down all the uh, all the nuggets from that press conference, give you our takes on what they said. As always, you know, uh, you kind of read between the lines on some things, mm-hmm. or you try to, at least. Um, but a lot of interesting things to come out of it, certainly. And, and to lead it all off, obviously, the biggest talking point going in was Lamar. And his contract. And uh, Garrett, what was your, your biggest takeaway from what they said? Well, it's that the Ravens want Lamar Jackson as their quarterback this season and for the long haul. Yeah. They want to get back to the negotiating table. They already are at the negotiating They're table. They're talking. Eric DaCosta today talked to Lamar Jackson. I don't know how deep they went into You know, They didn't reveal any specifics of any negotiations, but mm-hmm. they're talking. Right. And they want him. They made it clear that they want to work out a long-term deal. The hope is to do that before free agency. I mean, yep. soon. Um, so that is still kind of top of mind for for the Ravens. The Ravens believe that Lamar wants to be here after talking with him. Right, and that's a key thing. There's been a lot of speculation out there about how much does Lamar want to be back? You know, is he ready to move on and, and play for another team? And I think it was important that they highlighted that their belief in talking in their conversations with Lamar is that he wants to be here for his whole career, that he, he wants to remain a Raven. Yeah, that's important. It takes two to tango in these negotiations. So Eric Tacasa wants Lamar Jackson here. John Harbaugh made it clear. He said 100 percent, 200 percent. Right. You know, Lamar's our quarterback, and they and they also said that Steve Bashotti, the owner, obviously wants Lamar to be here as well. So yep. the Ravens are committed to trying to work out a long term contract with Lamar, and I think that like that answered a big question. I mean, that was the biggest question: Do the Ravens believe that they're going to be able to work out a deal with Lamar and have him here this season and beyond? And and hearing from them today sure sounds like it's certainly possible that a long-term contract could be reached. Yeah, I don't think that we, you know, there is really an answer on how likely do they think that it is that it's going to be reached. It's very clear on what the intention is, yeah. that they want to reach it. But Eric DaCosta, you know, wasn't shy about saying these negotiations are difficult. You know, it's one thing talking to Lamar Jackson, the player, but, you know, when he represents himself and you have to have some of these hard conversations, these business conversations, as you put it, like, those are not. Those are more difficult. They've been a challenge, right? And you talked about how you know the Mark Andrews deal got done in a few days. Mm-hmm. The Roquan Smith, you know, a couple weeks or whatever it was, you know, like Ronnie Stanley said, took Ron, a year and a half. Exactly, Ronnie Stanley took longer. Lamar Jackson has taken longer already, obviously, and like, who knows how that's going to go down? Ultimately, I think it's probably going to continue to be hard discussions, um, but 
the intention from both sides is right. And when you're trying to reach a long-term deal, you have to start from that point. You have to be optimistic that a deal will get done, that it can get done, and that you want it to get done. That's, you know, we're a year and a half into this, so I wouldn't say we're at a starting point, but like as you pick up those negotiations, you have to both be on the same page in that regard at least. And then you can talk dollars and cents. Yeah, and like the other thing too, some port reporters were kind of trying to go down the path like, could you entertain a trade if you're not able to work out a deal? Which franchise tag level would you tag him at? Like some of the nuances well, of those things. And and DaCosta was like, I'm not even going down that path of talking well, like a trade. Right. Obviously very clear that the franchise tag is an option, as we all know. Of course. Certainly, right? I mean, he talked, said he's been thinking about it every day. Which tag, you know, what tag would they use? And part of the reason that they signed Roquan to his long, or they're happy that they got that long-term deal with Roquan done before the season ended is it opened up the franchise tag for Lamar Jackson. Obviously, if the two sides can't work out a deal before March 7th, when you have the deadline for tagging guys, Lamar Jackson will get tagged with one of those, exclusive mm -hmm. or non-exclusive tags. Um, but, you know, I got the sense that like they want to get Eric would be like if the deal is done a week from now I would be a very happy man. You I mean, know, he like said that they they always go down to Florida to see Bashadi's house. Exactly around this time, you know, sometime end of January, early February, and they hammer out kind of the off season plan. And Eric even joked like it would be great if we went down there. And we didn't have to talk about Lamar Jackson because the deal's done. Exactly. Like so, it, it, right? I was like, oh, well, they, it could it, be fast. It could be fast. That <laughs> right. that would be a hope. Um, and so we'll see how that plays out. And like. It, you know, he was not entertaining the possibility of like, okay, well, if it doesn't work out, maybe we can move on. He's like, they're, exactly. not, they're not even going there. They're right. saying like, our hope is to get this deal done, and that's our focus. We're not entertaining all these other possibilities of trades or anything like that. Right, exactly. And I, I think that's a, you know, there's going to be tons of speculation about that, about the, what could happen and all that stuff. That's what the media business does, right? But Eric DaCosta isn't going to sit here and and, you know, he has a singular focus, getting a contract deal done, a contract from Lamar Jackson. And I think that's where the, sh the focus should be, you know? Until a deal's done, there's going to be speculation. Exactly. Like, that's just the nature of how that's this going to happen. Is he going to, would he show up to OTAs under the franchise tag? Would he show up to training camp? Well, there's already like, a, a you question know, about like, that. It was like, what do you do if Lamar yeah. holds out, if he gets tagged? And they're like, I, we're, gonna, we're not going to go down that road right now. Yeah. There's like a million possibilities there. Like, which tag? Does he show up? Does he not? Training camp. Uh, all that. All that stuff. But right. like, as I keep saying, like, their hope is to get a long-term deal done. Right. Um, so, I mean, that that obviously, I don't, it's not like the, the answer is that everybody, you know, it wasn't going to be this aha moment necessarily for everybody. But I think that there was just a lot of talk about how the two sides maybe felt about each other after the way this season ended, right? With him not being on the shelf and injured. And, and it was interesting that they said, you know, they basically put to rest the speculation that Lamar, in their belief, was was not playing because of the contract. They were just like, he's injured. You know, mm -hmm. Eric Tocas is like, I go down to the training room all the time. He was injured. Mm -hmm. It's it stunk for all parties, right? And like he kind of put to rest that there was any kind of bad feelings about that. Yeah, that, like that was again when you're in the spec. I've turned on. ESPN NFL Network over the past, you know, few weeks. And there's yeah. lots, of, especially this week, lots of speculation about whether this relationship is salvageable or right. whether there's uh, the parting of ways is what's going to happen. Right. And in listening to them, like the relationship sounds far more than salvageable. You know, right. it's like right. 
they're talking today, and they talked about how hard Lamar worked to try to get back, and they feel like, um, again, they want him here. He wants to be here. And, like, this whole thing has been built around him, you right. know, on offense. Right. And, like, it's all been kind of set up with that in mind. So I think that that, like, in terms of, like, the, your point about, like, the aha moment, like, you know, I think a lot of people were wondering, like, would the Ravens come out and be like, you know, we'll see. You know, we're not really sure how this is going to play. No, they were, like, clearly on one side. Like, they were yeah. very clearly on one side of this. And you've seen sometimes with other teams, like, you know, GMs or coaches kind of, like, try to split the difference. Or is all, is the, it, the moment you say, oh, we'll listen to offers, like, okay, now all of a sudden, like... The guy's on the block. The guy's on the block, you know? Right. like, And the Ravens didn't say that. Like, right. the Ravens said, like, we want to get this deal done. So, like they didn't even go down that path of saying, like, well, it may not work out. Like, right. They're very clearly trying to have Lamar Jackson here in Baltimore for a very long time. And and honestly, you know, I, I just feel like you kind of saw, like, Eric DaCosta's heart in a way. Like, you know, he multiple times was like, I'll be the happiest man when we have this deal done. You know, mm-hmm. like, I think you could almost kind of sense that, it, like I was saying, it's been difficult. He was just right. sweating because he did a Peloton. Well, ride. that too, that too. <laughs> I don't know anything about that because I've never been on a Peloton in my life. I can, I, I can vouch generally for don't exercise. I don't. I basically don't stop sweating for about ninety minutes once I'm off off of a Peloton. So really? I can, I can vouch for him. Okay, yeah, um, take my word for it. <laughs> but, but I, but I, I do think that like. It's been hard, right? When you have to have these hard conversations with your franchise quarterback on a massive deal, and like, you know. If the two sides aren't aren't on the same page necessarily financially from a financial perspective, you got to make your cases why you're not you're not mm-hmm. right. Like, well, I don't see it that way because yeah. of whatever, and that's hard when you're doing it to somebody's face. And like, you saw a little bit of that, and you also saw him be real. I think about his his desire to have Lamar here and how much he wants to get this deal done. Mm-hmm. I, I I felt that. Yeah, I'm with you. I think that you know. I think that this put to rest any notion that the Ravens want to move on from Lamar Jackson. Correct. I think that's well said. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So the other big talking point, obviously, uh, the big news today was that Greg Roman is leaving to pursue other opportunities. So the Ravens will be looking for a new offensive coordinator this offseason. You know, John Harbaugh, very effusive in, in, in what Greg has done for this franchise, for this team, for this offense. And, and quite frankly, you know, Everybody around, <laughs> listeners and Twitter followers, my Twitter followers, know that I've stuck up for Greg a lot, mm-hmm. right? And, like, I have said that he has, you know, I've seen a lot of Baltimore Ravens offense over the years. I've been a fan of the Ravens my whole life, right, since they came to Baltimore. I've seen some bad offenses over the years. And this offense, comparatively speaking, has been awesome. 2019 was awesome. Yeah. Right? And Tops in the league in scoring, second in yards, record-setting, most rushing yards ever by a team in a single season. Yep. Lamar Jackson breaks records, right? And so, like, yes, it hasn't been to 2019 levels, which were historic, literally. Mm-hmm. And the past couple of years, it's it's dropped off. But, like, I've I've always said I think Greg Roman designed an offense that accentuated Lamar Jackson really well. Put, he was the center of it, and it put him in good positions to succeed, and he had a lot of success. So did the Ravens. They had a, a lot of success together. The past couple of years in part because of injuries and all that stuff, they have not had as much success. And I think the two sides decided it was time for a change. It yeah. just had reached that point where it was time for a change. And, and I certainly understand that decision. Yeah. Um, I also will say, like, what's next, 
right? Like it's it's easy for fans out there who have been clamoring for this day. What's next? You know, the green is isn't always greener. The Ravens certainly hope so. I hope so. <laughs> Everybody hopes so. But yep. like now we're on to the okay, who's it gonna be? And you start to look at like what was, you know, yeah. and it was like Maybe it wasn't, it wasn't so bad. You know what I mean? <laughs> um, so it was just interesting to hear John Harbaugh's thoughts on what's next for the Ravens offense. Yeah, I mean, I think that, um, you know, it, I, I felt like as the season went went along that it seemed like it, the parting of ways this offseason could take place. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, Greg, he's an accomplished offensive play caller and designer and he's mm-hmm. going to have opportunities and like he's been in this league for a long time and been had some really good offenses and had a lot of success gone to the Super Bowl with San Francisco you know Lamar was unanimous MVP right. here so like a lot of success in right. his career the, 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 the rub here is that like people will say well it was because of Lamar Jackson because he had Lamar Jackson that's sure. why they had so much success and, and well, of course it's both to, exactly <laughs> they go hand in hand right yeah. so like to like I just feel like there's always been like these camps uh, and and people, I don't know. They try to like part and parcel it, you know, and say who deserves the amount of credit. It, Greg designed an offense to help Lamar, and Lamar is Lamar. He's awesome. He's one of the best players in the NFL. So that obviously made the offense a lot better. Yeah, it, they work together. Yeah, totally, totally. And so in terms of what it looks like, I think that's the question. And 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 John Harbaugh basically said like the identity of the offense isn't necessarily changing, but which like to me, which my read of that what. What's your read of that? Well, I, I I think that, like, what is it? But then he said, like, but the scheme, there could be some tweaks, there could be some alterations. So, like, no, I, I do not think that the Ravens are just going to find... When Gary Kubiak left after 2014, Mark Tressman came in and right. basically ran the Gary Kubiak offense. That exactly. was the intent. I don't think that's going to be the case. I don't think they're going to be looking for somebody else to come in and run the Greg o- Roman offense. If that was the case, you just would have kept Greg Roman and right. he would have stayed here. You know, right. if they said, like, this is where we want to be. I think they want components of the Greg Roman offense. Yes, I think that, like, it, and he also talked about that. Like, this running game has been historic. So, like, I think that they want elements right. of that run game to— Right. You don't want to like just shift to this like spread pass heavy offense and all of a sudden you can't run the ball. You want to be able to continue to run the ball the way that you have with Greg. I mean, certainly that's the ideal. That's the right? hope is they've been running this <laughs> this, you know, revolutionary as as it's been many times dubbed, you know, running attack with everybody is a potential pooler. They run gap zone stuff, they run everything in under the sun, right? And you never know what's coming in. And obviously, when you have such a, a dynamic you know, quarterback who can run, that adds another blocker, right? And, and what they've done in terms of, of uh, designing this offense with a running quarterback has also been unique, right? And so uh, they want to continue that. They feel like this offensive line has run that, these running backs, these coaches, we've all learned from what Greg has done here from a run scheme standpoint. We want to carry that forward, but also... And what I took from the we want to have the same identity is we want to be a physical offense. Yeah. It's not just being a physical smash mouth defense. The Ravens have always prided themselves, and you know when he talks about that's what the city is about. That's what all the that's what I take. It's gritty. It's physical. It's we want to dominate you. Doesn't every coach so, say that kind so of? Like, does so, any coach want to say we want to be finesse? Well, <laughs> yeah, but some teams are. Yeah. Right, like like yeah. I, the Ravens aren't going to go to a spread four wide offense primarily. I just don't expect that. I think there's going to still be heavy formation, heavy packages. They're going to run the ball. I think that they certainly could evolve to have different pass zone schemes, and there will be some different run stuff too. But, like, they will evolve. It won't be exactly the same offense. Maybe it will become more balanced and more pass-heavy. I think that's probably the direction most likely. 
Um, but I would like, expect that. But I, I think ex- its roots will be in this physical kind of we're still going to place a high emphasis on running the ball. I think that if I were to, to guess how it plays out, I think that there will be fewer like multiple tight end, two tight end plus fullback sets, you know, <laughs> right. and like you'll favor the wide receivers a bit more than they have. Sure. And which goes to another point, which we'll talk about the, you know, they're going to remake the receiver room mm-hmm. and they want to clearly get better in that area. And so then you're going to feature those guys more. Mm-hmm. So I think that like, those are some of like the tweaks that you're going to see. Right. But no, I, I do not expect the new offensive coordinator to come in and just run the exact same offense that the Ravens had in place. Yes. There's there's going to be an evolution, and I think that like <laughs> the perfect world here is like, all right, keep the running game as good as it was, and just make the passing game better. Exactly. It's, that's the that's the goal. That's the that's perfect the <laughs> world scenario, which is hard to accomplish. Like, you know, maybe the running game gets a little bit worse, but the passing game gets significantly better. Mm-hmm. Right. I, I think that like that's how it'll be really interesting well, too. The like, interesting thing is the roster makeup, right? Like, you know, you're kind of segueing into the wide receiver room makeover that they talked about. You yeah, know, well, that, well, before we before we get there, I, just in terms of the guys that, that they like, mm-hmm. it'll be just really interesting to see who they interview. Um, like, they well, said, said internal, external and internal, internal right? and external. So you know, like T. Martin could potentially be a candidate. You know, mm-hmm. an internal candidate mm-hmm. who's done it at the college level. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm just throwing out a name. I don't know if he's going to get an right. interview or not. Um, but, and then, like, in terms of external, do the Ravens look at the, the guys who have done it at the NFL level? Byron Leftwich was fired. You know, is mm-hmm. he in it? Frank Reich has, uh, right. you know, is There's he in There's 10 a, teams looking for offensive 10 coordinators 10 teams looking for right offensive now. coordinators. You know, so Frank Reich obviously had success as an offensive coach, uh, then went on to become a head coach. Do they go to the college ranks like they did with Mike McDonald coming from Michigan well, last year? Kind of, yeah. I mean, he was He was both. He, yeah. he was kind of both. Um, do they get a, you know, like... I'm just really sure. curious to see how, which direction they go there. Like, is it a name that, like, you know, okay, is this college head, or this college coordinator from, whatever, I'm, pick a random school, right? This young hot shot, right? Nice, right. right? I think it's. I think that's a very interesting thing. Yeah, it'll be very interesting uh, to see who they bring in, and I expect that they'll probably cast a pretty wide net. Like John Harbaugh likes to have a lot of these conversations. He, time is of the essence. I think John Harbaugh is going to be working a lot of hours here. As he as he always does, um, but you know when you have a lot of teams that are hiring offensive coordinators, you got to move fast. Yeah, if you if you're pursuing one of those names that's getting multiple interviews, right? And so, um, but I think also at the same time, John does a good job of casting a wide net and getting a lot of different ideas and hearing from a lot of different people, and that sparks different ideas and thoughts and and all that kind of stuff. And I I just. I think John does a great job with his coaching search process. Yeah. I've always been impressed by the way he's done that. I also think too, like having his brother in the college game, like gives you an even more insight into like the college sure. coaches who are out there, mm-hmm. and you, you know you have some perspective there as well. Right back to the what I was gonna about to say with the vision of the offense is like right now the interesting dynamic here is you look at the way the roster is constructed now, and yes, they want to upgrade at wide receiver, but. You look at it, the offensive line is really a strength. You know, they said the whole offensive line or most of it, basically, maybe Ben Powers won't be here next year, but everybody else will be. The tight ends, pretty much the same, right? Josh Oliver's a free agent, but everybody else is going to be here. The running backs, all back, right? So this team, from a roster construction uh, standpoint, is suited to run the ball really well. And you have, and Lamar back. Mm-hmm. <laughs> your your best runner maybe yeah right like you 
and you're basically going to kind of start fresh, not totally at wide receiver, yep. but going to change that whole room over. So I have a hard time believing that in 2023, you want to go in and say, we're going to make the wide receivers the focal point of the offense when you're totally making that room over. Mm-hmm. Right. So like to me, you know, from a schematic standpoint, like you also kind of build around your roster. You know what I mean? Like you, sure. you make your offense to your, your strengths. Tired of restless nights? Meet Lisa, the sleep experts. Here at Lisa, we know that good sleep is essential for mental, physical, and emotional health. That's why their mattresses are made for exceptional comfort and support, catering to every sleep need. Check out Lisa's Sapira Hybrid Mattress, named best hybrid mattress five years running. Sleep hot? The Chill Collection is built with cool-to-the-touch top fabric and layers of high-density comfort foams, all intended to remove excess body heat while maximizing comfort. With Lisa, getting a new mattress has never been easier. Delivery is free, and you have 100 nights to try out your mattress in the comfort of your home. Don't spend another night dreaming of better sleep. For a limited time, save up to $700 off select mattresses plus two free pillows. Go to lisa.com forward slash iHeart for an additional $50 off mattresses and select goods. That's l-e-e-s-a dot com forward slash iHeart. Exclusions apply. See lisa.com for more details. Okay, quick math. The less your business spends on operations, on multiple systems, on delivering your product or service, the more margin you have and the more money you keep. Obvious. But with higher expenses on materials, employees, distribution, and borrowing, everything costs more. So to reduce costs and headaches, smart businesses are graduating to NetSuite by Oracle. NetSuite is the number one cloud financial system, bringing accounting, financial management, inventory, HR into one platform with one source of truth. With NetSuite, you reduce IT costs because NetSuite lives in the cloud with no hardware required, accessed from anywhere. You cut the cost of maintaining multiple systems because you've got one unified business management suite. And you're improving efficiency by bringing all your major business processes into one platform, slashing manual tasks and errors. Over 37,000 companies have already made the move. So do the math. See how you'll profit with NetSuite. Now through April 15th, NetSuite is offering a one-of-a-kind flexible financing program. Head to NetSuite.com stereo right now. NetSuite.com stereo. NetSuite.com stereo. If the Ravens add like some big receivers, if they trade sure. for a DeAndre Hopkins or sure. they add Oda Beckham or whoever, I'm just that could very much change things. I just don't think like you know we don't have funny money here. We're in the salary. Sure, There's course. only so much you can do at wide receiver. Eric Dacosta actually took a question about basically would you be willing to trade a first round pick for a, a big time wide receiver like we've seen the Eagles do in years past, like we saw. You know, Tyree Kill go to the mm-hmm. Dolphins. We saw AJ Brown go to the Eagles. W- what other examples am I missing here? Uh, what's the name to the Raiders? Yeah, uh, uh, Devontae Adams. Devontae Adams to the Raiders. Stefan Diggs, you know, a few years yeah. back to the Bills. Are you willing to do that? And Eric basically isn't going to rule out anything, but basically said no. That we're not going to mortgage our future two or three years from now to go all in and, and do that. Mm-hmm. But he basically said no. Are you willing to admit? Because I know you're a big proponent of that. Well, I, I think that, yeah, I think that he said that's unlikely. I mean, I don't think he said, and there's also different levels to those trades. Like, Stefan Diggs did not go for the same as Tyree Kill. Sure. Yeah, so, in, like, in recent Kill, years, it's been, like, at least one first-round pick and a big contract. Yeah, and, like, so Devontae Adams you know, gets, like, you know, those guys, like, make like $40 million a year. Right. So like that's different than Stefan Diggs. <laughs> and so we're talking about paying Lamar Jackson. And now also we just paid Roquan and now you're also paying a wide receiver 40 million a year. Right. And so who, but 
that that's like the top top end of the right. market. So that I mean that's what he was talking about basically. Like he that is just not the Ravens' philosophy. Like we can all talk about that and we can all talk about how much we want that and we want blah blah blah. This team did that and they won the Super Bowl and blah blah blah, blah and all that. Ravens ain't gonna do it. Uh-huh. That's not how they. That's not how they build their team where they have five to eight superstars and the rest are you know undrafted rookies. Yeah. It's not how they, they believe. They want to be in the dance. And then if you don't win at all, now you're in salary cap hell and you stink for two or three right, years, right. right? And you're in a rebuild. That's not what the Ravens want. They are a team that always believes in uh, we want to be in the picture, the playoff picture every single year, make the dance, and you never know what happens. They want to be in contention every single year. And they're not willing to set, go sell out for a chance at one year. Yeah. They're just not going to do it. So, But... I'm, but it- Will the receivers? I think what I'm trying to say is, if the Ravens make some big investments, maybe they draft, maybe they draft a first and second round receiver. I'm just making things well, up. Well, they don't know. have a second round pick, they, but sure, they could trade. They could, they could, <laughs> they could get a second round pick and get one back, and they draft the first and second round pick. If they, if they make big investments at receiver, uh-huh. will they want to feature those guys more? I of think course. That there's potential for that. I don't think it's going to be a an offense that prefers to throw the ball 40 times a game, but I think the pendulum could swing a little bit yes. more in that direction. I 100% agree with you. I think it will swing a little bit I also more think, in that direction. I, also, I just don't think it's going to swing like wildly. I don't think the Ravens offense is going to look crazy different from the way it's looked. I think it's going to primarily be uh, your bread and butter is going to be the run game, and I think they will do more and hope to evolve and improve in the, the passing attack. The other thing that I'll say on the run game is I think that there will the quarterback, the design quarterback running game, will be a much smaller piece of this offense moving forward. That's my guess. How much? I agree it will be smaller. I just think that, like, you know, obviously Lamar's had injuries the last His two health, years. Right. Um, and if, you know, you want to keep that guy healthy. Um, you want to keep your quarterback now, healthy. Now, he didn't get injured on design. No, he didn't. Runs. He didn't. But the more hits you take, the more risk you're... you're, you're Sure. I just I think that that will probably become a smaller piece of this offense with Lamar moving forward. I would probably agree with that. Yeah. Um, all right, moving on. We yep. that was a long tangent here. Uh huh. Um, I do think that it was clear that they know that you know Eric DeCasabase said we were underwater. We were taking on water. I think was his term for at the wide receiver group. Like they traded Marquise. Mm-hmm. They didn't really replace him. Bate got injured. Duvernay got injured at the late end of the year. Everybody knows that it was a thin unit, and they know that there's going to be turnover at that spot. Yeah. And I do expect certainly they're going to draft one, if not two. I think they will look at. You know they're not going to sign the the biggest name on the free agent market, but I think they will be pursue free agent wide receivers. Um, I expect that there will be a fair amount of turnover in that room. Yeah, I mean, I think that, like, Bateman and DuVernay will be back, and and then we'll see what happens, you know? I think that, like, you know, it's not like this is, like, any revolutionary thought here, but the receiver group wasn't good enough this year. Right. And they need to get better. So, like, as we're talking about, like, Involving they need more depth. The they need they need a top end guy. I think it, uh, but it's not just depth. I mean, I think it's yeah. really at the top. You yeah, know, it's I a top that, end like, and depth. It's, it's, it's all both. across the board. Right, and and the Ravens saw, you know, now the good news was Rashad Bateman is close to running. You know, yeah, John that actually was said, like a was, little like was, minor thing that like was mentioned in there that I was like, oh, like that's that's good. a big like, deal, right? Basically, from a list like, rank is major. Now they so they are they believe that Rashad Bateman will be a big part. It sounds like a big part of the offense from whatever, starting week one, they didn't say that, but it's just, you know, whatever. Like, the fact that he's about to run now says good things about his availability for minicamp and training camp and and all that stuff. Right. Now, with that said, like, you don't want to get ahead of yourself and put too many eggs in one basket and 
and whatever. Like they've seen that players coming back from season-ending injuries, it can take some time. But the fact that he's already ahead of time, which is part of the reason why they got the surgery when they did, sets him up for a better chance for success next year. And I expect Rashad Bateman to have a, a big year next year. But they also need to add more on top of that because you don't want to just, once again, like they kind of went into this season, just putting all your bags, eggs in the Bateman basket. I don't think they're going to do that again. Exactly. All right. Other notable decision terms in terms of uh, free agents and other roster decisions. Before we get into that, let's take a quick break, and then we'll come back and we'll dive into all that. Way to cut me off. <laughs> all right, so I know you're ready to dive into this other stuff. Yes, you're very you're, ready. You're I'm eager. Chomping. I'm ready. Come on, man. You got the paper ready. Give you're me the ready. DraftKings. Get, but you also need flock. to know the sports landscape is always changing. This week's no different. <laughs> DraftKings is still the leader in daily fantasy sports, and it still has daily fantasy contests running for those who are looking to have some skin in the game. Every player has a salary associated with drafting mm-hmm. them. You can assemble that lineup of players, and then you sit back, try to stay under the salary cap, and you watch your points pile up. So the way you sign up, you go to DraftKings, download the app today, sign up using the code FLOCK. New users will get a free entry with their first deposit. The code is FLOCK at DraftKings. Talking about staying under the salary cap. Some salary cap decisions here for Eric DaCosta. He's got some big oh. decisions on that front. Oh, the segue. Yes. Perfect. Well done. Um, all right. So Ben Powers, uh, one of the Ravens' bigger, uh, other than Lamar Jackson, uh, pending unrestricted free agents. Sounded like basically the Ravens would love the Ravens would love to have Ben Powers back. He was they called him one of their most improved players this year. Played at a really high level, but they expect him to get a lot of action. Basically, it sounds like he's priced his way out of Baltimore. Is what it sounded like. They I, would love to have him back, but he's they ex- probably and and like listening to Ben this week too in the locker room, like he sounded that. That's what too. it sounded like too. Like he kind of seemed like he was saying his farewells. Yeah. Now there's been times where it seems like a guy's going to end up getting a bigger contract elsewhere or it's potential and sometimes they end up back. Right. You know, but I think that, and I think that it's uh, just a side note, like Eric seemed to have like a lot of pride in talking about like Ben Powers and his development. Mm -hmm. And it was awesome to see that, you know, Eric or Ben Powers was the Mo Gabba pick. And if you haven't listened to the podcast with Ben, Mm -hmm. like he talked about that and how much it means to him and to have that like pick pan out. Yeah, and be somebody that potentially could get a massive contract. Yeah, I think that like Eric and the Ravens take a lot of pride in that. Yeah, for sure, and they'll take a lot of pride in that compensatory pick that they would get back yeah, if they, they did sign that massive yeah. contract. Uh, Chuck Clark is another you know mm-hmm. decision looming. Um, I can't remember his cap number. I think it was six over six million dollars yeah. next year. You know, the Ravens basically have to make a decision. You know, Chuck is a very valuable player, highly respected, very good player. Uh, you know, but they drafted Kyle Hamilton last year. 14th overall pick Chuck basically won the job you know he kind of staved off the rookie right the rookie first round pick and held that job and the Ravens found a really great niche for Kyle Hamilton playing in the slot and it really worked out well in the three safety rotation kind of not really rotation I mean Chuck played every down Um, but the three safety defense worked out it was great the question is, do the Ravens continue move forward with that and keep Chuck and keep Kyle Hamilton as kind of that Swiss Army knife slot defender uh, or is it time for Kyle Hamilton to kind of move into that spot that was manned by or has been manned by Chuck Clark? You know, the dollars and cents are probably part of that equation. I think Chuck would like to stay in Baltimore. The Ravens really respect him. You know, Eric Costa talked all about that. Didn't really get any yeah. new perspective he on that. He didn't really share much on that. It's just but that, that's just, the situation. Yeah, decisions got to be made, but did not give any, like, indication, I don't think, yes. as to which way he's leaning. Patrick Queen, the fifth-year option, uh, you know, Eric Costa basically said, I'm not ready to make a definitive statement right now about whether we will pick up that fifth-year option. That decision needs to be made this offseason. Um, but 
you know, I would probably say it's likely, but he didn't say absolutely yes, we're going to pick that up. And at times he has said that, you know, like with some, you know, some other guys, it's like, yes, we're going to pick up that option, you know, mm. definitively. I'm trying um, to remember which guys that I mean, was. I, think like, I mean, Lamar. Right. Uh, <laughs> yeah, well, yeah. You know, like, <laughs> um, that was an obvious one. Yeah. Um, and so, like, could could they who, who, could they try not to? I, I don't know. Could he get an extension? That would I don't know how that plays out. But yeah. like, um, and maybe they just ultimately end up picking that option up, and you know whatever the deadline is. Right. And they, the they talked about how much they thought, how well they thought Patrick Queen played, and um, yeah, that they thought he took a big step forward this year. Yeah. Um, and the prospect of having he and Roquan Smith in Baltimore for the next two seasons. Sounds pretty great. Yeah, I think that like keeping those two guys together, like we saw how good they can be. Like they right. in the Eric and Jumbo said it, like they they feel like those guys are like the best one two punch at li- exactly. for young inside linebackers in the game. So like if you can keep that duo together, that is a very good thing. Yep. Uh, Marcus Peters is another question mark. He his contract takes uh, will expire. He's a pending unrestricted free agent. Um you know, came back from the injury. Uh, played well. You know, there are some some spots and key moments where he gave up some big plays. But, you know, overall, what MP brings to this team is very valuable. As a leader, the swagger that he plays with, the uh, mentorship that he gives young players, the way he studies the game, all that stuff they love. You know, Eric Tocasa called him one of his favorite players. You know, he traded for him and signed him to a contract extension, you know, that same Mm -hmm, year. mm -hmm. It's clear how Eric Tocasa felt about Marcus Peterson still feels about him. Now, whether they, I think, can come to a dollar agreement, you know, a, a contract that would work for both sides remains to be seen. Eric didn't really give any indicators on that. You know, he indicated how much he how much he likes and respects Marcus, but not really a definitive yes, we one hundred percent expect, you know, and, and want Marcus back. He he did say two things on that front that I don't think are necessarily a, a sign that Marcus Peters is not coming back, but he you know he said they do like the young corners they have. Mm-hmm. Uh, Pepe Williams, you know, played a little bit this year. Jalen Armour Davis uh, didn't really play much at all. Brandon this Stevens, year. he spoke Brandon, highly of. Brandon Stevens, so they like those young guys. <laughs> mm-hmm. and they he, also could certainly add another cornerback or multiple. And they talked about that in the draft. Like they just, how many times we we saw it this year? Like you need a ton of good corners. They get hurt. Yep. It's such an important position. If you're down a couple corners, like you're in dire straits. That was the Ravens situation in 2021. Yep. So like you need to have a stable of corners. So they're going to add some guys there, and maybe they end up bringing back Marcus Peters. Um, but like, regardless, I think of what happens there, like there's going to be more corners that are added to this team, young corners. Mm-hmm. It wouldn't. It would not surprise me if Marcus was one of those guys that is in no rush to really sign a contract, like mm-hmm. that he won't sign like one of the Justin first Houston? day of free agency. Yeah. I mean, Justin Houston was in very definitely that was very very late. Very I don't think MP arrived. would be like that, <laughs> yeah. but uh, that path wouldn't surprise me for Marcus. Yeah, at this point in his career, you know, he was pretty open in talking in a story this year that you know there was he was facing his football mortality, and you know what's next for him, and he had some self doubt coming off the knee, and he wasn't exactly sure of himself, and and all that, you know. So I just wonder, wonder what could happen there. Yeah. I think certainly the respect between both sides. Marcus really loved being a Raven. They really loved having him. I think that door is open. It's not closed, certainly. It was my yeah. takeaway from this. And, uh, you know, it's always, talk about reading the tea leaves, 
Marcus never talks to the media, so it's not like you're getting anything from <clears throat> right. him. You know, no. he did that story on the Ringer uh, midseason, but yeah. like it's not like he held held court in a postseason <laughs> locker room scrum. No, he did not. <laughs> um, <laughs> the conversation with Calais Campbell and Justin Houston, two guys. Justin Houston said he's not retiring; would be open to a return. Calais Campbell, a little bit more unknown about whether he's going to retire. He's going to mull that over, but um, you know, he's under contract for another year at a pretty high cap number. I want to say it was nine million. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't have all the numbers in front of me, but you know the Ravens kind of have to make a decision there whether he would be a cap casualty, whether they can work out an extension that would lower his cap number or what, or do they just move on to some of these younger defensive linemen that they have? Um, and then Justin Houston, you know, could he guy led the team with nine and a half sacks this year? Is there a number that they can both come to where they feel comfortable, or is it time to turn the page to the young pass rushers? Away, you know, he, Eric Costa spoke very highly about David Ajabo, and you know what he saw from him this year as a person and a player. And really, I think it's still very hopeful and encouraged by what his potential is. Mm-hmm. Um, so it remains to be seen there. And he said he had conversations with both of those guys, but didn't really shed any light on what was said in those conversations. Yeah. yeah We'd yeah. have a lot more to say if we were fly on the wall in this, in that room. Yeah. Well, there's been a lot of interesting conversations. Clearly Eric said that after the season, he met with about 20 players um, and, you know, Calais and Justin Houston are two of them. Of course, Lamar Jackson being the other one would have been very interesting to hear just the conversation that they had. But, For sure. Um, you know, not the fly on the wall. You don't, you don't have Eric DaCosta's office bugged. <laughs> that is correct. <laughs> um, and then lastly, I, I thought one of the other takeaways was just the injury front. Um, oh, yeah, yeah. You know, said there's only one guy who's having an off that they know of as of right now, at least, who's having a, an off-season procedure. Um, did not reveal who that player is, but basically that they're going into this upcoming offseason in a whole lot better shape from a health standpoint than they were last year and felt like they uh, the changes that they made in terms of injury prevention and, and all that kind of stuff, they were happy with those changes and felt like they were in a pretty good position injury-wise this year. Um, you know, oh, there's always going to be stuff that pops up that happens, but um, they felt like it worked. And, and like... And John made the point that, like, at the end of the season, they were, like, their healthiest. Yeah. And most of the injury issues that they really felt, especially the key players, were actually injuries from last year that were just lingering. And they mm-hmm. were being cautious and mm-hmm. judi- judicious with in their return. Tough Way word. To get, you got yeah. it there. The second Way to time. stick with it. Yeah. <laughs> um, and, and so, like, those guys, Gus Edwards, J.K. Dobbins, Marcus Peters, Ronnie Stanley, like, key players coming back, took them a little while. Yep. But then, like, by the end of the season, and this is, like, one of the reasons that like the loss stung so much, like it felt like things were really kind of coming. Well, and together. it was just one last piece. It was Lamar. Can we get him back? Can yeah. we get back Lamar back? And that then- was the thing too that like he didn't say this exactly, but like John Harbaugh was asked, would Lamar have been an option in the playoffs if you kept playing? Yeah. He didn't ex- specifically say like, oh yeah, he would have been ready this week. That would have like been yeah. salt on the wound. Yeah. But like he said, he would have been an option at some point. Yeah. But it's like, oh man, what could have been? What could have been? Yeah. Well. Big picture takeaway, I think they feel very confident about where this team is heading, and Eric Costa said he feels you know, very, very close to building a championship team, Yeah, is his quote. Yeah, yeah. And so they feel like, I think health-wise, like we're talking about, just who they have on the roster right now, you know, 75% of the offense is back, as John Harbaugh, I think, 
I think that was the number he gave. 25% is, is going to change, and that's really mostly in one room. Yep. Right? And so, like, they feel like they have the nucleus of the offense. They have an opportunity now hiring a new offensive coordinator to get an infusion of new ideas and kind of maybe take some people by surprise this year and kind of like they did in 2019 when Greg Roman came on and they retooled this whole offense and boom, it was like, it just caught fire. Maybe they have that same opportunity to do that with a new OC and that takes this offense over the top. You know, it remains to be seen. But I think big picture, a takeaway, and we all know the defense really isn't changing very much at all towards next year. Justin Houston, Clayus Campbell, and Marcus Peters are the guys to watch, the veterans. Um, but, and Chuck Clark. But like, they are feel good about the pieces they have, the health that they are in going into the next offseason and feel like they will that they're very close. And we saw that. that John Harbaugh said we felt like we were playing really good football, championship level football. You know, I take my chances against the Bengals again tomorrow. Basically, we felt like we were ascending going into the playoffs and it just one play, right? One but play they feel like next and, year, yep. let's go get it. One play and the absence of one key player. Exactly. You know, was was pivotal. So yep. It was, it was, I thought, you know, like my other big picture takeaway is like, I just th- feel like, you know, the season, obviously most seasons end on a disappointing note, you know, only one team's happy, yeah. but like, I thought that this press conference, like put a lot of people at ease to some extent where it's just like, there's all this uncertainty about Lamar and the quarterback and what's going to happen and all mm-hmm. this stuff. There was all, a ton of stuff swirling. Right? All this stuff swirling. And I thought <laughs> that the, this was kind of like. Everyone take a deep breath. Like, we're a good team. We want Lamar as our quarterback. He wants to be here. And, like, we're going to be okay. Which is generally what happens when you have a good franchise and they come out and, like, speak to the people, you know, to fans and and media. Yeah. Like, they're just, you just see, like, oh, this is a good franchise. Like, (laughs) they're heading in the right direction. Yes, I like these people. Yeah. You know what I mean? So. I thought it was good. I thought it was really good. I thought it was very good, too. So, anyway, uh, thank you for listening. As always, you can reach us at thelounge at ravens.nfl.net. There will be a lot more news coming. The offseason's just getting geared up, so uh, a lot to talk about. And make sure you keep it locked right here. CareerBuilder is made for people who have that thing. You know, those superpowers that make you good at your job. The skills you bring to work. And CareerBuilder knows those skills make you right for other jobs too. Higher paying jobs with benefits. Jobs you never thought of trying. Are you a people person? Work from home as a customer service rep. Are you organized and like driving? Become a delivery driver. You have the skills it takes and CareerBuilder.com has the jobs to get you hired fast. Visit CareerBuilder.com. You deserve to treat yourself, so turn your tax refund into a U-Fund and give yourself a Straight Talk Wireless Extended Silver Unlimited plan and get a new Samsung Galaxy A14 on them. You can get a great everyday value on wireless with Straight Talk's Unlimited plan starting at $25 a line per month for four lines. You'll save so much, you'll be enjoying that refund all year long. It's the refund that keeps on refunding. Find Straight Talk at straighttalk.com or at your local Walmart store. Taxes and fees not included. Offer valid through 41424 while supplies last. Online only. Must purchase a Straight Talk Extended Silver Unlimited plan to qualify. Limit of five phones per customer. Family plan discount with four lines all on the Silver Unlimited plan. Not combinable with auto pay discount.